Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. 2023 was quite the year for new music. A bunch of stars released some of their best work yet. Boy Genius, Olivia Rodrigo, Mitski, just to name a few. And legends like The Rolling Stones, Dolly Parton, and Cool in the Gang all out with new albums. So today we want to reflect on the best of 2023. We're going to do it with the typical reset flair with Chicago fam only. Speaking of which, we're listening to Blue Eyes from Chicago rapper Vic Mensa. And joining me now is Greg Cott, co-host of Sound Opinions. Britt Julius, music critic for the Chicago Tribune, and finally, from our sister station Vocalo, Nudia Hernandez. So, I mean, these lyrics, Greg, why did Victor make your top five this year? Well, he's always gone deep. Uh, his uh, records are uh, always autobiographical, it seems, you know, um, and this one is no exception. Uh, so I love the fact that he he digs deep, but also, in addition to looking inward, he's always looking outward. You know, I remember a conversation I had with him years ago about growing up on 47th Street and how he was kind of straddling two worlds. You know, uh, you know Hyde Park, and then and then uh, you know he had crack deals going on across the street. You know, from him, it was a uh, you know this kind of uh, you know biracial kid uh, just negotiating all of that growing up in Chicago. Very complex. Uh, relationship with the city with himself and uh he's just digging deeper he's maturing i remember when when he was a teenager in a, in a group called kids these days mm. uh and it's just the maturity now uh is, is there i think with each album he just keeps growing as an artist and he's unafraid he's fearless um genre wise you know people say hip-hop and you know he's not really doing hip-hop because he's all over the map he was never like that he was like you know i want to expand the notion of what people think of hip-hop yeah. hip-hop is the history of black music basically right uh and it's uh you can incorporate all of that uh into it and he's doing that exactly that with this record so every year we see artists release all these amazing projects right but i'm curious to hear from all of you if there was anything special about 2023 i'm looking at you first brit Mm, what was special um i would say uh it felt like this was really i mean we had seen some of it in 2021 and 2022, but to me, this felt like the year where so many artists were coming out with projects that they had worked on throughout the pandemic. They had sort of been slaving away at them. They had been um, working in secret or working in private or just sort of, or collaborating if they got the chance to. And now was sort of finally the time when not only they could sort of release the music to the world, but they could also, um, you know, just really get the opportunity to play it in front of audiences, right? Mm. Venues were completely opened up. Um, festivals were, you know, ever more expansive, um, whether they were sort of performing locally or they were traveling to do that as well. Um, many artists who, you know, I think of specifically like in the electronic music genre, they finally got to really travel throughout um, Europe and, you know, Latin America and just yeah. finally get other people to kind of hear these really beautiful projects that they had been working it's on. Like everybody got the chance to be back back. Yeah. 
Yes. This like year. Really bad. Like, like really out yeah. of a pandemic. Back. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like out in the streets. Yeah. yeah. What do you think, Nudia? I think speaking that, of backpack, you were outside, outside this year. Yeah, so yeah, a little yes. bit. You know, I was outside, right? And Fourth Day Lollapalooza crying. Um, it's a lot. It's a young person's game uh, being outside. But I think the the biggest thing I've noticed in music this year is kind of the disco influences coming back. Mm-hmm. I've seen it even with Vic's Vic's album. Um, he has a, a bonus track on there with uh, Ty Dolla Sign called Eastside Girl very disco influenced and very like you're you're hearing a lot of these artists uh bring back these these nostalgia sounds these samples from the 70s and that's the biggest trend i kind of noticed this year and i loved it yeah you know, I'm like, give, give me some bell bottoms and let's go yeah <laughs> i love it uh brit you've got yard from slow pulp on your list now for those who might not know this band i want you to give us a breakdown who are they um, so they are originally from, uh, Wisconsin. Um, they've been in Chicago for a little bit. Um, they make indie rock music. Uh, to me, it, I always just describe it as sort of, um, uh, this, this is not an insult, but I call it like MKA music, which is like Mary Kate and Ashley music. So it sounds like music that I would <laughs> oh, hear that's is like, <laughs> there's, I have so many like MKA. dumb terms like that. <laughs> and so it's like music that sounds like it would be sort of like the soundtrack of like albums that were kind of, you know, coming out or movies that were coming out between when I was the ages of like 12 to like 15. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's got these kind of like pop punk elements to them. Um, just really kind of like bright um, summary, even if like the, the lyrical content is kind of like heavy in some ways, um, sort of a, a dreamy yearning aspect that sort of reminds me of being like 13 or 14 again. Yeah. Um, and just, yeah, so I, I've really enjoyed them. Um, hearing their story uh, is really great too and how a lot of these songs were sort of built and worked on, um, you know, during the pandemic with the the lead singer sort of working with her father who's a musician and kind of getting the the vocals and melodies and things like that working together as well. I but um, yeah, it's just like a really sort of like fun um, kind of nostalgic album for me, even though it came out this year. Well, let's listen to your favorite track off the album. This is Slugs. Okay, that guitar, yeah. first of all, and then these vocals. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. And, and this is their second album. They're already attracting this following, yes. right, as you, you've described. Absolutely. I mean, what do you think it is about their sound that's really setting them apart? Um, I think that they are really attracting, in particular, like a Gen Z audience, which seems to, um, at least like recently, has been turning to music, regardless of when it came out, that kind of has a a sort of cinematic feel to it, Mm -hmm. right? So um, it feels like the sort of music that could soundtrack your life. And so um, I think that is at least part of it. It just has this sort of like, oh, this is how, what it feels like to me to be, you know, um, lovelorn or to feel, you know, lost or to not really know what to do 
in my life. And so um, a lot of their songs, both from their first album as well as from this new album, mm -hmm. um, have really just sort of encapsulated that feeling really well. So Yeah, and Greg, I what do you think? Big year for Slow Pulp, right? And as, as Britt mentioned, big tours headlining across North America and Europe. Have you been able to check them out? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the other element sonically, because I agree with the, the point about um, house and uh, disco and, and dance club music um, sort of being revived in a lot of ways by some of these groups, um, is a shoegaze element in some of the guitar sounds. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and, and that whole Brit K UK thing in the early 90s has sort of had a renaissance um, in the indie rock scene. And uh, you're hearing a lot of bands incorporate that sort of dreamy vocal sound and that, those kind of uh, mm -hmm. thicker uh, walls of guitar in, into their sonic uh, ideas. So it's uh, it's an inter interesting to see some of these um, older sounds coming yeah. being, uh, circulated again, uh, especially by these young bands who weren't even born when a lot of these styles right. were, were super popular. Yeah, you know? and, and the 2024 tour has been recently announced. Some big news, they're opening for the iconic indie bands Death Cab for Cutie and the Postal Service. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> I know, you, you heard it here first, right? That's great. All right, Nudia, let's turn to one of your picks. This song is called Everyone Moves to LA from the album Cluster Funk by Rick Wilson, Chromio, and A-Track. Yeah, For those who can't see Nudia right now, don't see that she is literally singing every lyric to this track and dancing out of her seat. Choreographed, choreographed, choreographed moves right there. The song also features Brooklyn-based artist Felicia Douglas. So I'm curious, what do you think of all the collaboration? Well, I I saw this coming out of nowhere because it's Rick Wilson, and then he teamed up with A Track mm -hmm. and Chromio. Which, of course, like, uh, in Chromio... A-Track is Canadian, by the way. Shout out to Canada. Shout out to Canada. But also, like, <laughs> Chromio, his brother is in Chromio. Uh -huh. And so they really all... It's like this three people you didn't expect to make an album. Love it. And they just made something that was completely underhyped. Like, I just don't understand how this project didn't get more light. But I loved it because I caught up with Rick Wilson at Backstage at Pitchfork, where he performed a lot. They're touring right now, uh, mm -hmm. you know, together, all three of them. And he said that they all kind of made each other step up. That he said uh, even even Chromia, when they came to the studio to record in L.A., they would come in suits. So he started wearing suits to the studio. Oh, my goodness. And he said it completely changed, you know, the way he feels about making music. That's awesome. Yeah. Talk and, about influence. Yeah. And, and so inspiration. You see, and he's he's kind of inspired some of that 70s style mm -hmm. the suit he had a pitchfork was bell-bottomed so it's it's really cool to see the whole thing the sound is so great i was addicted to that song it's about how everyone wants to move to la he meets this girl she's doing nonprofit work in chicago and she tells him i, I need to move i need to make bigger moves and he's like doesn't work out that way you know uh, everyone wants to move there and this is your song of the year i'm hearing this Ooh, is yeah. this is in my top that is huge yeah this is it's yeah. a big title 
Yeah, I I was obsessed. But I, I love what I just heard, so I think it lives up to it. Yeah, you were dancing, too. <laughs> I you was didn't mention dancing that. Too. Along with me, Sasha was dancing. I did not mention that. You're right. But you know who else agrees with us? Greg, because this same album and song made it to your list, too, didn't it? Absolutely. I couldn't agree more uh, on Rick Wilson. Um, the thing about, you know, uh, Beyonce and Drake got a lot of hype last year when they were sort of melding their their traditional sounds with with dance music you know incorporating chicago house elements into their music and i'm thinking you know rick wilson's been doing this from the very beginning he was kind of uh, cutting against the grain combining hip-hop with dance vibes um you know right from the start and everybody thought it was so radical but you know uh when i would see him live it was just amazing people mm. were dancing and just energizing the audience, you know, and Rick's thing would always be like, I'm going into the audience. I'm going to lead the dance line. I'm going to be right in the middle of it, you know? <laughs> and so it was great. It reminded me of like going to the warehouse and Frankie Knuckles is spinning or something like that. You know, yeah. it's the same kind of communal vibe. Everybody's out there. Everybody's having a good time. And uh, at the same time, really, um, his lyrics are very astute. Um, you know, I compared some of his earlier work. I was I'm making comparisons to Curtis Mayfield, which may sound really outlandish, but I think in just his um, discourse, he brings a lot of political and social elements into it, but it keeps you dancing at the same time. You don't, it, it's not like you have to overuse your brain to enjoy the music, you know, you can get it on both levels. So really underrated artists. I can't, yeah. I, I don't understand why this guy isn't huge because anybody who sees him perform goes, this guy's got everything. Mm -hmm. He's got it all. Yeah, Nudia is nodding for sure. Well, we got Nudia's song of the year. So if you had to pick Greg and Britt, what would be your song of the year? Greg, go first. I loved uh, Rap Boys with Cross That Line. I thought that was just an addictive song. Mm. Uh, Vic with uh, Vic Mensa with Blue Eyes and Jamila Woods with Boomerang. Those are like way up there for me in terms of stuff that I've uh, just constantly have on, on loop, you know, nice. the, throughout the year. And we'll get to all of those songs, don't you worry. But Britt, pick one for me. For a Chicago artist? Song of the year. Um, no pressure. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I put this on my list, but um, I really related to... Oh, gosh. Okay, this is hard, actually. Um, well, I really love uh, Slugs, and I was glad we started off with that one. I probably listened to that one about 50 or 60 times mm -hmm. this year, just kind of on repeat consistently. Um, I really loved... Um, I don't know if I can say this, but I, I chose to put it on my list. Like Kara Jackson's Head Blues was mm. very um, kind of just thought it was kind of perfect. <laughs> kind of like, you know, but that album in general is very yeah. sort of profound to me. Let's turn now to a Chicago transplant making hip hop with a heavy jazz influence. What's the breakdown of this bop we're hearing in the background right now? <laughs> um, this is from uh, McKinley-Dixon. Um, he had an album that came out this year called Beloved Paradise Jazz. Um, those titles obviously come from uh, Beloved, uh, um, the Toni Morrison novel, Paradise and Jazz, also Toni Morrison novels. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I really liked this album because, uh, so that song actually was um, Run, 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 I should say. Um, but I really like this album in general, just 
just because um, it incorporated, you know, elements of hip hop, of jazz, um, of funk. Uh, you know, when I had interviewed him about sort of the making of this record, one of the things he had talked about is that he was really inspired by what he described as a sort of magical realism of mm -hmm. living in Chicago um, from, you know, he's not originally from here. He's a transplant. Yeah, he's a transplant. Yeah. And he just felt this sort of um, uh, like power and beauty and magic and surrealism from uh, life in Chicago, from living in a sort of East Garfield Park neighborhood, working at the conservatory and all of that sort of influenced um, the creation of this record. Ah, so his rehoming, if you will, mm -hmm. was an inspiration Absolutely. to this music. Absolutely. I love that. In your article for The Trib, you wrote about McKinley performing in the punk scene yes. as a rapper with a live band. I'm very curious. Expand on that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he, you know, started off in DIY communities, right? So it was always just about um, underground shows and always really about incorporating, you know, different genres into what he was doing. So um, something that he had, you know, talked a lot, a lot about to me was just the fact that um, not necessarily knowing where he fit in, but sort of, you know, continuing to do what he wanted to do anyway. And I think that's led to um, the success of this record in particular, right? So he's released music um, a lot in the past. Um, before he like lived here um, and kind of working up to this sound, which really, um, you know, had some of those kind of punk, weird, um, unique elements, um, but also had uh, the hip hop with it as well. Yeah. So. All right, Nudia, let's keep this going with hip hop. Here's a track off The Patience, Mick Jenkins' latest album. This is called Smoke Break Dance. Keep rolling up. And I keep rolling up. We blow it down, we blowing up. Hot air in me, we going up. Still is no feet going up. Fees going up, we pulling up. We throwing up gang signs. Trees going up and flames find us a forest fire. Every smoke break, we opened up. We space, but we gave our hang time. We trying to reclaim time. We finna rebuild no home. People with us, people with us. That come from the FaceTime. Low key like the baseline, got smoke and I keep rolling up. So Mick Jenkins is definitely some Chicago yeah, royalty, <laughs> if I could say so myself. I mean, just hearing that, that track, first of all, I thought I was going to go into some sort of blues at first, right? With that bass line. I mean, how often are you spinning this track on Vocalo? It's heavy rotation. This heavy song, rotation. Yeah, it's so funny. Did you guys do your research? Someone did research. Um, but yeah, heavy rotation on Vocalo, this track in particular. And again, he comes with the bars. You expect the blues? But you get the bars from him. And this album didn't disappoint at all. Of course, like Mick Jenkins does have a lot of work he has to like live up to. And hearing this, you're like, yes, he he delivered again. Yeah, for sure. All right, I'm going to look at you next, Greg. And uh, talking about the rock group Rat Boys, which you mentioned earlier, because they put out their fifth studio album this year, right? Right, right. I am just uh, hearing about them, though. So what, what can you tell me about this new album, The Window? Yeah, they've been around since uh, 2015 or so. I mean, they've been releasing albums. I think they were a group even before then. It, it really just started out with uh, as Julius Steiner and David Sagan, the guitar player. But Julius kind of the brain brains of the band in terms of the songwriting, um, lyrics, uh, vocals. Uh, David's an amazing guitar player. Then they added a rhythm section in 2021. Mm -hmm. So they've got a fuller band sound on this record. Uh, I think all of their previous records had great songs on them but this one is like to my mind the best of the bunch yeah uh and and part of it is that 
they worked with a producer, Chris Walla, who used to be in Death Cab for Cutie, a uh, brilliant musician and uh, sound engineer, and just really built up their sound. It's really a powerful rock record. They had country elements as well in their music in the past, and some of those still exist here. But I just love the power of this record. And Julia's uh, just turned into such a, an amazing songwriter. Uh, I think Pound for Pound, this is one of the best records uh, yeah. of the year. And uh, the songs all deal with this idea of the, the concept of the window. And we're talking about, you know, uh, we were talking earlier about the post-pandemic kind of everybody's sort of coming out into the world and one of the songs in this record uh deals with the idea of being separated by a window as as you know uh, a close family member was dying you know yeah. in, a, in a nursing home right and they couldn't really could, couldn't really visit them uh while this was happening you know it was just kind of a sad conclusion to a life being separated from people and now we're sort of out in the world and processing uh what it means so it's it's um it's got a lot of uh, personal stuff in it, but at the same time, it rocks really hard. It's yeah. a, just a hard rocking record, you know? Absolutely, and I promised you that we would get back to your song of the year, so why don't we hear Cross That Line? This is another one that has us dancing in the studio. <laughs> Are you dancing too? Absolutely. I've, uh, I'm doing a Rockettes thing right now, so I don't know. It's, uh, you know getting that. <laughs> a Rockettes thing. I would love mid, to be able to see mid, that right mid now. Mid-afternoon, yeah. How much would I Get pay? Get my workout in. <laughs> uh, we got some overlap too. Friend of the show, Sen Morimoto's latest album, Diagnosis, made it to your top five lists, Nudia and Brit. Let's dig into it. Keep pressure on the balls. So I talked to Sen before the album was released to sort of get a preview. And in the past, he's discussed writing music like writing in a journal, right? Uh, lots of looking inward. But in this album, he kind of does the opposite of that. And he's kind of flipping the mirror on society and on the world. I had spent, you know, a couple albums figuring out basically like everything that was wrong with myself trying to like really figure out why I was this way what was causing all this anxiety and and when I started sitting down to write new songs I realized that what was really eating at me was not really like my personality or my own difficulties with my mind but um, just these uh, larger uh, patterns and functions of the systems that we live in. Uh, so naturally, that's just sort of where the songs ended up going. Did that come through for you too? I can definitely hear that. Um, I think about his uh, first single from the uh, from the album. You know, if the answer isn't love, like which feels very, you know, to me, I'm reminded of like Prince, right? Yeah. Where <laughs> love is the master plan, right? So it seems very much sort of a. Um, a prescribing what's needed in the world mm -hmm. um, on a larger scale. Um, I can definitely say that. And then the album, um, you know, as a whole is called Diagnosis, right? So it's talking right. about, um, you really know. Really shining that flashlight absolutely. on all the things that are 
messed up. Social and cultural ills, absolutely. Yeah. And I do have to say, like, the biggest thing, I think any if any new artists or Chicago artists are looking to do something unique and great, is that when Sen previewed this album, like, the first time I heard it, he had an album release party at a drive-in movie theater. Did he talk to you about this? Yes. So, literally... You know, people are pulling up in their cars and you're watching the music videos on the drive-in TV and listening to it through the drive-in speaker. And I just thought it was such a great experience to listen to it in that way. Because, I mean, artists don't put that much time into the way that they present an album to you. And I thought it was such a great way to go into this album. I'm kind of a new fan of Sen. Very, yeah. very new. Hadn't really heard him. Saw him at Pitchfork. You know, and I had no clue he was kind of like capable of all this. Yeah. Nudia, let's talk about the album that made it to your number one. That's Water Made Us by Jamila Woods. This one's Boomerang. album and it wasn't but it's Don't such, you hate when that happens? yeah it's a very different sound though i was expecting the boundaries was very low and calm and then she gave us this album that had a lot a lot of tempo a lot of different rhythms of tempo yeah. the thing that i love about jamila um chance always praises her when he comes through the building and you know he says that this is one of his favorite people to work with but what i love about her is that no matter what album she works on she will always put chicago artists on she has a collab with peter cottontail on there and then also a song with uh, saba so um. i love to see that it's like no matter how big jamila gets she always puts chicago artists yeah in the mix. that is appreciated for sure uh greg this also uh, this album was also on your top five right Top the top album for me from out of Chicago this year. Um, oh yeah, uh, she's been on a tremendous role, and uh, it was a surprise for me too. This record because the first two had sort of been very outward looking. You know, she, I, I kind of I was joking with her. I talked to her a few months ago, and she, you know, said, you know, you're 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 so uh, socially oriented in your lyrics. You know, looking out at the world, and all of a sudden you're writing about these very intimate relationships yeah. or a relationship, and it's. Uh, I, I said the, the turn inward really threw me for a loop at first, but then I realized you were, you know, you're still got the same, there's still a universal quality to it. Like there were some really important uh, just observations about how relationships evolve that were really helpful to me, you know, just yeah. in my own relationships, you know? I love when uh, that happens. Yeah. And, and just the whole idea of, of forgiveness and, not wanting, not expecting or wanting more from your partner than they can give at that moment and just sort of enjoying the moment that you're in with that person. And, and also the self-knowledge that comes from 
that sort of understanding. Um, so it was a really uh, just a, a surprisingly uh, great record in that regard that she had done completely shifted gears like this and knocked it out of the park once again. Uh, and as Nudia was saying, just the eclecticism of the music is just one of her strengths. Yeah, um, and, and a lot of Chicago artists featured on the album. Yeah, I mean, she's a multitasker in life. She's an activist, a teacher, a poet. It's not surprising that she's all over the map musically, but still integrating it to an album that really plays beginning and the end like a song cycle. Like you, had, each song complements the other one. So it's meant to be listened to as an entire project rather than just one song at a time. Here's one of Nudia's top picks, Hold Me Down by No Name on their uh, latest album, yeah. Sunday. I hope you understand. Everybody scams a little Peter Pan paranoia. Polly Graham tell the truth. Now, this album's on a lot of people's best of year lists. It was featured on Pitchfork's 2023 list and on the New York Times. It's also exciting because it's been years since No Name released an album. What if the love one really don't love love? Diminish the one love we trust. That's us. Anyway, we get it, we go get it for now. You was with it when benefits was added to the account. I could count on you for a favor for a certain amount. Hold me down, hold me down, hold me down, hold me down. Random, I ran into No Name's mom at a reset event this past summer. Really? And <laughs> she introduced that. herself like, I'm No Name's mom. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> that was so cool. It's been great to see her her rollout, too, because, you know, again, I've, I've heard she's always in constant rotation on Vocalo. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know, like, she hadn't released music in a minute. But when she does, she kind of does a very big rollout. She had this huge community event to release this album and she brought out Common and then wow. you know um, and then she she showed up she made guest appearances at Chance's you know concert for us rap um, and then she did her tiny desk yes and I mean that it, tiny desk was awesome when she comes outside she comes outside it's like me so and she does that flip between <laughs> yeah. music to activism which is also yes. very cool right yeah and you hear and I really love I'm really excited too you know like in her tiny desk she brought out Ghetto Sage the Sabin Savino, and you just see, like, again, you're hearing such eclectic tempos from her, and mm -hmm. I'm so excited to see what else is going to come. Greg, are, are you noticing musicians trying out new things, right? We talked about, you know, No Name doing that flip, talk, doing the activism thing, doing the music thing. Has anyone surprised you this year sort of wearing multiple hats? You know, not really, because uh, Chicago's always been that way. You know, the whole whole idea, for example, we talk about activism. I mean, that was integral to the civil rights movement in the in the 60s. When you talk about artists like Curtis Mayfield or the Staple Singers, um, you know, they were very involved in their communities um, all along. The music was part and parcel with who they were uh, as artists as well, you know, as, as human beings. And that that just, um, you know, when I when I talk to people like Chance, uh, they're aware of that tradition, you know, uh, through their parents' records, let's say, you know, yeah. and it, it, it just carries over. I mean, it's almost like a badge of honor that you're from Chicago, that you, that you it, it's almost expected that you do that. You're not just furthering yourself and your career, but furthering the community and, you know, um, just the, the whole idea of the, it's bigger than you, you yeah. know, it's and, and that's a beautiful thing. 
Britt, you're, you're nodding. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's something I hadn't actually thought of before, but it, it makes perfect sense. I think when you choose to stay here um, as a musician or an artist, you choose to stay here for a specific reason, right? And part of that is to continue being rooted within your community or the communities that you really care about. Oftentimes, you know, a place like LA or New York, um, you're a transplant. And so it's, it can be a little bit more difficult to, right. you know, find that, that grounding, that, that rooting in those sort of communities. But if you're from here, um, you know, it, you're probably wanting to make change um, here. And, you know, when you find some sort of success outside of the city on a national scale, on international scale, you can have the means to, to bring about that change um, to your community as well. So I I think yeah it, it makes um perfect sense there's always oftentimes with a lot of artists there's this um as we said like it's musician but also poet but also um activist also teacher and all of those things work together perfectly and mm -hmm. it doesn't seem strange at all while we have you in the hot seat tomorrow's fire by squirrel flower that is up there for you yes here's a track off the album it's called full-time job Doing my best as a full-time Okay, did I hear that right? Doing my best is a full-time job, but it doesn't pay the rent. Yes. yes. Oh. <laughs> What a line. I love it. Snaps from Nudia in the yeah, studio. <laughs> the title of the album Tomorrow's Fire comes from a novel written by Squirrel Flower singer Ella Williams' great-grandfather. He named the novel after a line in a French poem, which goes, Tomorrow's hopes provide my dinner. Tomorrow's fire must warm tonight. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh, the poetry <laughs> in motion here. I love this album. I love the the lyricism of of you know Ella's writing. Just specifically, um, it's a lot of talk about sort of what it's like to um, observe and live in and be in this world currently. Um, what it means to be an artist, right? To um, want to make great art, do great things, um, contribute to the world, but be sort of brought down by the forces of capitalism, by um, you know a planet that's dying by, you know, all of these sort of things and, and how do you sort of continue to strive and do those things um, while living in a world that is constantly trying to put you down and makes it really difficult to survive yeah. to the next day. Yeah, I, I want to know how you felt listening to the album, right? Because Ella is able to create this very loud rock sound while still being, as I said, poetic and folky. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it felt really, um, anytime I listen to the record, it always feels like um, Ella is saying exactly what I wanted to articulate in my writing, but maybe haven't had the means to do so as well. And thinking about sort of the sacrifices you you have to make to survive in the world, thinking about, um, you know, what it's like to sort of see constant chaos on a daily basis, yep. um, but still have to kind of move on or keep going and things like that. So it just felt really, um, really relevant. Sounds like my life. Yeah, you know, <laughs> constant chaos. A lot of our lives. Moving. Yeah, like like how do we keep doing that? I think a lot of people can can sort of relate to that. Yeah. Okay. Next up, we will listen to a song that's called Paradigm off Jalen's 2023 album Perspective.
Okay, so this feels different. Greg, you've switched up the vibe on us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Jalen, Geraldine uh, Patton. Um, you know, she's actually from Gary, Indiana, not Chicago technically, but adjacent to Chicago and hugely influenced by Chicago house music and specifically Chicago footwork, uh, which came out of outgrowth of house. So people like mm. R.P. Boo and uh, DJ Rashad were doing this. I, I, I remember the first time I saw Rashad and Boo uh, perform, you know, as DJs, um, they were obviously surrounded by a retinue of footwork dancers. And it just blew my mind seeing that stuff being done live. Basically, that's what the music is. It's this hyperactive brand of house. Yeah. And it's basically about these competitions that these dancers would have, which were just furious um, dance displays. But Geraldine uh, Patton, uh, Jay Lynn, has taken it to a whole other level of intricacy and depth. Her production work is groundbreaking. Wow. Uh, truly the stuff that 20 years from now people are going to be talking about is a major shift in club music, dance music, how, how the evolution of house. She's a genius. Um, this isn't the first great work she's done. There's been others. But what I think is really kind of evolving is that she's starting to become less dependent on samples and working with live instruments. In this case, she worked with the, uh, the Third Coast Percussion Ensemble and basically incorporated their percussion orchestra into these the, the, this work that she was creating. So using that as a bed for, for these uh, very intricate uh, multi-polyrhythmic -poly mm -hmm. journeys that she's creating. You know, the thing that, that works for me, it's not just about the dancing, but it works between the headphones. You can put this on in a dark room and slap on a set of headphones and you are just taking on a trip. Oh, it's like yeah. very psychedelic, you know? We're so doing it right she, now. We're mimicking it right now. <laughs> <laughs> All our eyes are so closed I, in the studio. Her work definitely needs to be checked out by anybody who's interested in this kind of music. And uh, like I said, I think she's truly one of the pioneers in, in the area yeah. in it, that is just making stuff that's going to be uh, recognized as groundbreaking years from now. Good stuff. And it has me thinking, uh, are there any new genres of music that y'all are starting to dip your toes into maybe just recently this year like locally yeah um or just in general i don't know if it's like new but i do feel like there is a lot of stuff that's sort of emerging from the um sort of improvisational and like jazz communities here mm -hmm. in chicago obviously i chose a lot of albums that kind of have Touches of jazz yeah. in them as well, um, but I feel like a lot of, and a lot of those artists have been um, working and collabing together, and you see sort of elements of their sounds yeah. um, across different genres. So someone like a, a Sen Morimoto, right? Who um, his partner Kaina, you know, just um, you know, they're all all of them are, are kind of connected in, in different ways. But you know, you're seeing artists who make. Um, who typically made like classical music, like Leah Cole, um, sort of uh, making new albums that um, kind of incorporate more of these elements of, of improvisational sounds. Yeah. So um, I don't know if there's like an official name outside of like improvisational, um, but that works. Yeah, that but works. It's, it's different. Yeah, I mean, I've been, I, I think I've been expanding my Afrobeat palette just a bit I this year. I was just going to say Well, I've Afrobeat. just been getting more into like the Amapiano stuff, like from South Love Africa specifically. The like, so good. Yeah. So good. I think it might be a testament to some some guests that we had earlier this year on Reset. But I just I just became an I'm a piano fool after that. 
there's sure. a lot of alma piano parties in Chicago too. Yes. The thing, Are there? Yes. There's. Yes. We, can you we invite can go. me? We can go. We Stop can go. leaving me out. I'm tired yeah. of seeing your pictures on social media. I'm like, oh, she looks like she's having fun. Yeah, no. Me. The thing that I love about Emma Piano is that these are sounds, like Emma Piano and Dembo from the Latin genre. These are sounds that have been taken and used mainstream, but not given the credit. But now we're seeing the credit being given to Afrobeats, ah. being given to Dembo. And so um, I'm excited for those genres to actually get the credit that they deserve. So great minds think alike. Yes. Okay, Britt, I was excited to see Kara Jackson on your short list, you know, earlier this year. Yeah. Here's another plug for a previous Reset guest. We had her on. She performed in our studio and was talking about her latest work called Why Does the Earth Give Us People to Love? And uh, so she did a few songs for us right here in our studio. And before we talk about this album, I want to listen to her play No Fun Party. It's hard to have patience when you're waiting on luck Like a postal truck Like a postal truck To bring you a love as tough as elephant Kara's album also made Pitchfork's no Top 50 this year, a huge honor, clearly well-deserved. Her voice, really unique. I remember we were saying, oh my gosh, she's giving us like Tracy Chapman vibes and, you know, all, all kinds of accolades. Uh, you can really just tell she's a true poet from lyrics like this. Uh, she says, you know, I think I'm taken for granted. Every person that I've dated tells me I'm intimidating like a snake that's busy praying. Do I have to ask, but why did this album make your list, Britt? Um... Well, I, I guess like a number of reasons, right? Um, one, uh, I actually wrote about um, Kara for Pitchfork. I did a, a feature profile on her. Um, and uh, I wondered, I was like, why do they like, you know, I was like, I, I can see why they paired us up, right? Mm -hmm. um, like black and, and from the Chicago area. But uh, Kara's actually from Oak Park, which is uh, where my parents live, where I went to school. And, um, uh, you know, this album is about grief. Um, and, you know, when I first interviewed Kara, when I first heard the album, it was about like a month or so after my grandmother had died, you know, and um, it just really hit me in a way that I was I was actually kind of stunned. Right. Mm. So the album wasn't out yet, but I was listening to it before our interview. And I just remember kind of walking around my part uh, my apartment and had to sit down because she was saying all the things that I had felt, but were not, you know, I wasn't getting from other people or wasn't being, um, you know, I, I couldn't connect with my friends in that way they wow, weren't saying so the things powerful. I needed. yeah and so you know because she wrote about uh grief of of losing her um you know best friend um from high school who had died of um a form of cancer and what that experience was like and and just the isolation of it um of people not sort of living up to the expectations that you want from them in those moments mm -hmm. of of crises um but also sort of just uh, you know the experiences you know of grief of being in the modern world right but also knowing that um you know, grief is a manifestation of love, right? And so that, um, you know, to have it is to know that you yeah. love the person and that they were really important and vital in, in your life. And so I think with those elements of how she sings, the, you know, the the way in which her music is made, yeah. um, you know, she collaborates a lot with uh, like Kaina and, and Sen Morimoto, who we talked about, um, you know, it really just sort of... Um, uh, it hits you really deep. When I'm you so hear it. glad you had that music to turn to mm -hmm. in that time Absolutely. for sure. I wonder if you have any honorable mentions, folks. Was there anything, any Chicago album that was just inches away from your top five? Greg, 
What are you thinking? Well, the, the no-name record had been mentioned earlier. I think all of her work is great, um, and uh, this record was no exception. Uh, you know, I wanted to mention uh, with, with no-name, the thing that I saw most in her evolution is the way she presents her music live. Um, and that uh, Tiny Desk show uh, was just an, a great example of that. Incredible. You know, just like blown, blown away by how great that was. Anybody who sees that and doesn't think, you know, she's the greatest. <laughs> doesn't have a pulse, Greg. <laughs> actually, I think it was, a, I think she actually played a new song too, like a song that hadn't been recorded yet, or it may have been recorded, but hadn't been released. And it was just great. And I go, man, she has just evolved so much, you know, as, as, a, as a live live act. Yeah. What about you, Nudia? Anything that was... So close. The thing that was so close is that it barely got released 2022. And that was Smino's Love for Rent oh. album. I, I checked it because I wanted to put on so many lists. And I was like, oh, it, it just got released late last year. And I've been bumping that album. I actually, you know, went to a festival just to see him perform. Wow. Um, just because I, I was such a big fan of the album. His Chicago show was really hard to get into. My coworker Biko, they wouldn't even let him have a plus one, so he went without me, <laughs> oh which goodness. I was always remind him of. But uh, Samino's love for rent, yeah. If you need something to listen to, that was uh, an amazing album. Yeah, no. When my producer asked me, "Oh, what are your favorite Chicago albums from this year?" I kept throwing things at her that were from last year. Yeah, <laughs> it was very easy. <laughs> Nothing was twenty twenty three, and I was like, Raven Lane, Hypnos. Oh wait, that was twenty twenty two. Anything come to mind for you, Britt? Um, the Jamila album for sure um, was also on my list, as well as the Rat Boys album. Um, there is an EP by um, an emerging musician um, named um, uh, Kiela Adira. I really like uh, her music a lot. Um, and uh, she had a song on the album called Respite, which um, really reminded me kind of like of early um, Jasmine Sullivan, um, uh, specifically like the first uh, album from Jasmine Sullivan. So um, it's just an EP, only a couple tracks, but I love it. Um, just really interesting, um, experimental kind of R&B. Um, I would highly recommend uh, that record. Um, and there's an album, there's another album I was going to say, but I actually just checked and it came out like December 2022. So I'm just going <laughs> to... So you, you had like a top seven when we called you. Oh yeah, no, it was hard. You tried to cheat, but yeah. we wouldn't let you. I know, I know. Well, we'll leave it there. Our thanks to Greg Cott, who's co-host of Sound Opinions, Nudia Hernandez, afternoon host for our sister station Vocalo, and Britt Julius, music critic for the Chicago Tribune. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Happy holidays. This episode of the Reset Podcast was produced by Micah Yason and Ethan Schwab, and edited by Linnea Dominic. For more conversations about the Chicago area, like and subscribe to this podcast. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening. We'll talk soon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.